Hello and welcome to the Female Investors Project, the podcast that breaks down the complexities of investing and the market to help you feel more confident when investing. As always, I'm your host Genevieve and today we will be having a look into companies and their financial years. I will say from the get-go that this information is what I know for companies on the ASX and this may not be as relevant for companies in other countries because they will have different regulations coming from their own jurisdictions. But there are some common elements because companies do have an obligation wherever they are to regularly correspond with their shareholders And a lot of the important dates or times for a company are related to how a company will disclose financials or important notifications. And that's kind of generally something that a company should do regardless of what the corporate regulators expect you to do. So let's get straight into it. I'm not sure if you've seen, but all over the TV or online with ads because you can never escape ads if you're watching YouTube nowadays, you may have seen end of financial year sales. And that is because in Australia, we are coming towards the end of financial year. Australia has a financial year that goes from the 1st of July to the 30th of June. And that means for you that your FY21 tax returns FY21 stands for financial year 2021 and that means that your FY21 tax returns are going to be for the period between the 1st of July 2020 and the 30th of June 2021 and so that's just something you should have in the back of your mind regardless that you will need to start thinking about your tax returns in the next couple of months. So we follow a financial year and that's not the same as a calendar year which is 1st of Jan. 31st December. Companies also follow a financial year. Now this doesn't necessarily coincide either with the Australian financial year or with the calendar year. It's very arbitrary for the company. So not all companies follow the same financial year. I would say a large percentage of ASX 200 companies have a 30 June year end which means that we will see in the next three or four months a lot of disclosures coming from the companies that have 30 June financial year ends. But companies may have a different financial year end depending on their industry. So in Australia, banks tend to have a financial year end around the 30th of September and mining companies actually have financial year ends around the 31st of December but it also depends on the country where the company is headquartered so companies that have overseas headquarters may have a different financial year end but the difference in financial year end isn't actually that big of a deal it will only change things like when disclosures come out when an annual general meeting will be held and also sometimes it will affect when dividends are paid But at the end of the day, it's not going to make a big difference to you other than maybe when you disclose your dividends and the financial year in which they fall. So into the important periods for a company, 
A company's financial year will be divided into quarterly segments. And at the end of each quarter, a company will generally give a release to their shareholders and to the media, I guess, on what has happened with their company so far. Some financials. Now, these financials don't have to be audited, but it is generally good practice to get them audited um, just to show your shareholders that you are giving some accurate numbers that have been ticked off by someone else. But in this earnings season, which is a couple of weeks after the end of the quarter, so you'll have four earnings seasons around January, April, July and October. And these earnings seasons are an opportunity for the company to just check in with their shareholders, show them how they've been going. And what will also happen in earnings season is that a company will say, hey, this is what we did for the past three months. And if that matches investors' expectations in terms of earnings, then the share price will stay the same. If it exceeds what investors expected, then the share price will usually jump and go higher because investors see this as a good opportunity to get in on a company that has been doing above predictions. Likewise, if a company has performed poorly compared to the predictions that they gave in their last disclosure to shareholders, then the share price will go down. Now, this isn't a formulaic response, but that's just a general shareholder reaction to financial news. Now, there is a lot of emotion involved in this and very often financial markets move based on how investors respond to news and not necessarily is short-term news a reflection of long-term growth but still some shareholders and some investors will respond to this news by buying or selling. Nothing wrong with that, just something that you should know will happen. So earnings season is an opportunity for companies to showcase what has happened in the past three months. There is usually a price reaction according to the news that has been given but other than that it's just a simple disclosure. So then when we get to the end of the financial year and remember that this is a very cyclical process obviously because we're talking on a yearly basis these things happen. So at the end of the financial year a company in Australia has about three months to disclose their annual report. Now, their annual report is a big document. It can vary between 100 to 300 pages. And it is a document where the company gives a summary of what has happened during the year, their financials, commentary from directors and management. And it just gives you an idea of what has happened for the whole year and what the company expects to happen in the future. Now, as much as directors and management want to put a forward looking lens on the piece this is still a backward looking document so this isn't a forecast of what will happen per se but this is a summary of what has happened in the past year and it's also a delayed summary so if the financial year end as it is for a lot of companies is 30 June this summary may come out in August or September and it's looking at what happened between July of the year before and June of this year. So 
it kind of is a little bit disconnected with when you read it. And oftentimes, by the time you're reading this document, you've almost got a quarter of the year where a company may have changed its approach or fixed some things that they were working on. So it is a backwards looking document. On another note, if we're looking at the 2021 annual report, that means that the last day of the financial year was in 2021. I think this is very confusing if you're looking at a company that has a March year end. Um, So for example, a March 2021 year end will release its 2021 annual report, but it's like we're only three months into 2021. It's also really interesting talking about the difference in financial year ends. When you looked at companies that released their 2020 annual report in April or May for March year end companies, when COVID hadn't happened or hadn't had any impact on their operations, compared to companies that had, say, a 30 September year end, where their 2020 annual report was incredibly focused on the impact of COVID-19 and things like that. So even though you're taking two 2020 annual reports last year, there was this six months difference that really changed the language and the way that companies were focusing on their operations and their outlook into 2021. Obviously, if you think about how a company was looking at their outlook for 2020 in March or April, it would have been much more favorable than what you would have looked at in July or September. So that is very interesting and what's happening in the macro environment will definitely have an impact on the way that companies disclose certain things and the kind of commentary they have on the environment. I think that that's incredibly interesting and the reason why annual reports are so great to read is that they really do give you more insight into the company beyond the numbers and unfortunately most retail investors won't get the opportunity to speak to any of the management so that is often the closest insight you'll get to management and directors on what's happening with the company. And so this document is super important. There are some key elements in the annual report that have to be disclosed. So this disclosure of the annual report isn't just something that a company does for good governance or for their shareholders. It is actually required by regulators. And the compulsory disclosures in an annual report include a director's report, which is a summary of the directors, their experience in managing other companies, their management of this specific company. And it also includes the remuneration report, which is a statement of how management and directors get paid. It's um, incredibly interesting if you're nosy and want to know how much people get paid. Spoiler alert, very, very much for ASX 200 companies. Then A company has to disclose their corporate governance statement. They have to disclose financial reports and an auditor report. Now, especially for bigger companies that have a lot of public visibility and very vocal shareholders most of the time, it's in their best interest to make disclosures above and beyond what is required by regulators. So 
you increasingly find reports from chief executives of the company that just give you, as I was saying before, an overview of what's happening, the environment and what's happening in the future for the company. And there are generally more and more companies that are looking at environmental corporate social responsibility reports and sustainability reports and just giving shareholders and stakeholders an overview of what's happening within the company and how they are looking at sustainability, which is really good. So finally, the last really key date in a company's financial year is the annual general meeting or AGM. Now the AGM is an opportunity for management and the directors to have a conversation with shareholders and more broadly stakeholders. Now in case you didn't know the difference between shareholders and stakeholders is shareholder has a share in the company stakeholders have a vested interest in the company that includes regulators but also customers or the communities in which they work for example a stakeholder in mining companies is everyone because they have a big impact on the environment that goes beyond any localized site and the annual general meeting is an opportunity to connect with stakeholders And it is also the meeting where shareholders get to vote on resolutions in the company. So resolutions are just items that you can vote on. Every year they are different and they depend on what the strategic requirements are for the business. They include things like re-electing a director to the board of directors or approving an equity grant to the CEO as part of their remuneration package. It can also include things like making changes to the company constitution. And the really cool thing about these resolutions is that shareholder and stakeholder groups can actually elect to include a resolution in there. So for a lot of mining companies, there have been resolutions that require the constitution to be amended so that they can't explore or excavate indigenous sites. Unfortunately, these kind of resolutions do not get approved by the board. So the board will say, this is a resolution you can vote on. We recommend you vote against it. And that is usually what happens, unfortunately. For all of these resolutions, you need a simple majority for them to be passed, which means more than 50%. The remuneration report is a resolution that has to be included annually in the annual general meeting and that requires 75% support from shareholders otherwise a company gets what is known as a strike. These meetings are open to shareholders in general and for you as a shareholder you can technically participate and vote if you are following what's happening in the AGMs. You may notice the presence of proxy advisors. Now proxy advisors are advisors that provide suggestions on how to vote on certain resolutions and they will usually provide advice to large institutional shareholders such as like the super funds and they will usually be more vocal in the way that they vote and will be asking a bunch of the questions 
So even though you won't have a proxy advisor as a small investor, you'll be able to see what they're doing and the rationale behind their advice. And you can also see the kind of questions that they're asking the company. So even though they don't have any vested interest in it, they are representing big investors and a whole group of investors that will have quite a large chunk of the votes towards the resolution. And yeah, even if you're not investing yet, understanding how proxy advisors think and the kind of questions that they're asking will often inform the way that you can think about questions that you would ask a company and the kind of answers you expect from a company. So there are lots of things involved in the annual general meeting and they are an important date in a company's calendar because it is the biggest chance for them to really sell their shareholders on their strategy and their vision long term and short term because if shareholders aren't happy with the way that a company is being managed or the future that they're showing then they're going to divest and when too many shareholders divest then a company is going to lose value and then not survive in the long term. So we want to be investing in companies that are thriving, provide growth value and have awesome management behind it. In summary, there are some key dates in a corporate calendar that you should watch out for. These are usually in the earnings season. A couple of weeks after the end of the quarter, companies will disclose a summary of their financials to date over the quarter and kind of give shareholders a check-in as to how they're performing for the year. At the end of the financial year, a company has to disclose their annual report and that gives investors the ability to have a more consolidated view of how the company has performed overall. And then the last important date is the annual general meeting where companies get to talk with their shareholders and really sell their sales pitch as to why the company is worth investing in in the long term. I hope you found this episode interesting and valuable. I will be in your ears next week with a new episode of the Female Investors Project. In the meantime, you can follow me on Instagram at the Female Investors. I'm always happy to take questions. I'm sorry I've been so out of it lately, but back with a passion. I love bringing you valuable and interesting content and I hope you have an awesome week. Thanks for listening. Everything you heard today was general in nature and a reflection of my personal experience and opinions only. None of it is financial advice. I'm not a licensed financial advisor, so please contact one if you need to before making any big financial decisions. I'm all about making smart, well-thought-out decisions with your money, so do your own research before considering any stocks or products I may mention on the podcast. Oh, and don't forget any legal and tax implications that may arise from your investing adventures. I hope you had fun. See you next time.